I am in the Grotto Pod, fresh off a blockbuster performance at the San Francisco Public Library, and Bridget Quinn, author, is in the Grotto Pod. I love it when you call me that. It's it's is the comma implied, or is it just three words? No I, I think it's three words. I like to think of Quinn as my middle name. As author capitalized. Oh yes. You could actually have your name changed to BQA. I like it. Maybe I'll start calling you BQA, and that'll give me show people I'm in the inner sanctum. <laughs> You're the super inner. Yeah, sanctum. yeah. Um, today, <clears throat> on the Grotto Pod, we are convening at a really late hour. I know. it's We're like grandparents. You know what this feels like? We should be eating dinner right now. No. Nah, so it's it's like 5 o'clock, 4.30. It feels like, remember when you were a kid and you would go back to school for some event exactly. at night? I felt like that when I walked in. I'm like, there's nobody here. And it's, mm-hmm. I hope we don't have to lock up. I don't oh, want man. to. I don't even know how. I know how, but I'm terrified. Of the, we, we have an alarm. Do this. Right now, I know Chris Cook is in his office. Okay. Lock him in his office. Okay, that's a good idea. Don't let him out until we leave. You know what? He works kind of late. I, I feel hopeful. He seems like a night owl hat wearing guy and all that. Yeah. Today, our guest is Asia Gable, uh, first-time novelist. Yeah. About Actually, her book was just released Big novel, though. Uh, a week ago. Uh, May 15th. Let me turn the page both figuratively and literally on last night's performance. <laughs> hey, last night's performance was fantastic. We had a raucous crowd. I know. It was fun. We did. I have not watched the video yet, but the video will be posted. Um, it is posted. It is posted. The whole video? Yes. Okay. Or at least I watched it on YouTube. And you can, watch can I just YouTube. say, you're very photogenic. Oh, thank you. So are you. Oh, thanks. We took a nice little picture I know, before. I picture I really liked. It was very nice. Vanessa took it. Didn't she? Yeah. She did. But that's enough about us. Okay. Asia Gable's book is called The Ensemble. It comes out the 15th, uh, well, it came out the 15th of May. Right. Uh, it has already received, uh, dare I say, rave reviews. Rave reviews. Also, it had really good blurbs from people. I want to ask her about that. Yeah. That I noticed scary? she had really good blurbs, too. I had the first blurb request. Don't get too inside baseball with the blurs. Oh, okay. But that's okay. Aren't Who, we talking to writers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And writers and, and readers. Oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> a couple of things about um, H. Gable. She is bona fide. Oh, She completely. has got uh, some good schools on her resume. Yeah. She's got a PhD. I know. My God. She has taught at Virginia, University of Virginia, University of Houston. Right now, boo, city of Houston. But you know, as in Warriors uh, oh fan. right, Warriors. Uh, we so last yeah, hopefully night, by the time this comes out, we'll be killing them. We'll be like, oh, remember when the Warriors played Houston? Larry, I got in my car last night. Yeah, and you texted me right as I started driving. Mm-hmm. Warriors are up by ten. Mm-hmm. I get home. I was sitting in the bar. Plug in my car because that's the kind of person I am. Go turn on the television. Down by one. Terrible. In that much time. It was terrible. And then we lost by two points. I was going to ask. She, she taught in uh, Houston. We're just going to go right Very, very, very good writing school. Uh, Sweetbriar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her a question about Sweetbriar. Okay. And the University of Pacific. Present, uh, according to her bio, she lives in L.A. now, but yep. she is a Northern California native, Santa Rosa. She wrote an incredible essay about the Tubbs fire that I oh. thought was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I sent that cut. to you. Yeah, in the cut. That was oh, really yeah. great. Oh, yeah, sent it to me. Uh, but also, before uh, any of this, she was a cellist. I almost said she was a competitive cellist. <laughs> I'll bet there is such a she thing. She played in competitions. Well, the thing is, to to play at a high level, you are competing against other people, people for positions, right? Aren't I you? have a feeling, and we're going to try to get this information out of her, that the okay. competition among um, classical musicians is as fierce as any competition oh, uh, faced in any sport uh, or anything. I think it's probably, you know, there's only a few slots. I have a friend who is a doctor of cello. What? Is that true? Yeah, she's a doctor of cello. But, Wait, is um, she really a doctor of cello? Yeah, a PhD in cello. I, but still, I'm blown away. I didn't know this I don't know if was it's a cello, cellic studies. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's fine. But it's not like musicology. It's like No, no, cello. it's cello. And, and her dissertation was about cello. cello. Um but I've, you However, know, my child studied the cello because I loved the sound of it so much. Bad. Not so good when it's a child playing it. Oh, God. You'd think, oh, that beautiful sound. Screeching. How bad could it be? No, but you think like, oh, it's not going to be like screechy like a violin because it's a cello. Mm-hmm. Oh, it can be. It can be worse than a nine-year-old playing a violin. I mean, playing a saxophone. Oh. Uh, There's a lot of screeching going bad. on in our house 12 <laughs> that years ago. That sounds pretty bad, too. Um, it was bad. Um, so I want to find out a little bit about all of that, and and I'm interested in Asia's path. Um, yeah, and also, how do you decide to get a PhD? And because it's in writing, hers is uh, it's writing and literature, but yeah. it is writing as well. That, I've been hearing more and more people have that. Shoot, I thought I had the highest degree you could have. I know that's actually 
I have to say, it's a it's actually not a great development because it, the great thing about an MFA used to be it's a terminal degree. Terminal degree. Boom, go get a job. what kind of sucked for me is that I had an MA, not an MFA. Mm. And it did cause problems sometimes. And I wished that I had gotten an MFA. But now maybe the competition has been ratcheted up because there's the PhD. <laughs> you know, let me tell you a secret. Okay. I have an MA too. You have an MA and an MFA? Nope, don't have an MA. Oh, well, how Actually, I have two MAs. When I was at San Francisco State, there was no MFA. Oh, Poe doesn't have one either? either? No, he stayed around and got uh, the MFA. I got out. Right. Because I'm a fool. They uh-huh. should have given me the F, but it would have stood for fool. <laughs> Maybe it's implied. <laughs> I thought the M stood for mother. <laughs> Uh, we joke. Uh, we just uh, and we better get out of our sisters now because a very elegant and classy writer yes. is okay. about to She's enter coming. the grotto pod. She's yep. waiting outside. Right. So let's go get her. She okay. has about an hour to spare in between appearances. Oh my gosh! She's already had an appearance and she's going. I think isn't Vanessa interviewing her? Uh, yes, tonight at Green Apple Books, Green which Apple. I'd love to plug, but this was you know a week It'll ago, be later. two weeks ago. Yeah, sorry you missed it, guys. Bummer. But you can still buy and read the ensemble. So let's see if she's got any juice left in the tank and okay. uh, bring her in here. Okay. Uh, Asia, welcome to the Grotto Pod. Thanks. Hi. Uh, first question for you, other than the grotto, about, do you know where you are? I checked your travel schedule. Oh, my Wouldn't God. be unusual. I asked for that. Wait. <laughs> Let me go over this. It's Starting crazy. in the last week, mm-hmm. uh, I did write it down. Oh, here you go. You were in. I wrote it down. Where did I? Write I don't it? know, but I know that she came from Pleasanton, which is far away. Oh, here we go. Okay. Los Angeles, mm-hmm. Houston, where I hope you stepped on Chris Paul's foot. Charlottesville, Washington, D.C., New York City. That was yesterday. Oh, you look so fresh. Pleasanton (laughs) earlier today. Green Apple when you're done here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, let's sit and talk for an hour. Hey, relax. Book tours were glamorous, and I'm here to tell everybody that they are, well, they are very, very lucky to be on one. (laughs) They are exhausting. This seems like a pretty intense one because you go for another few weeks after this, right? Yeah, I get to go home this weekend, but then I have a few more West Coast, several more West Coast events. But at least in the same time zone. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's really bad when you go back and forth over time zones. Like you're L.A. and then you go someplace on the East Coast and you go back to San Francisco. Yeah. So they did a good job for you. Kind of circling. As your first book, this is your first book tour, and how's the experience been? And have you been drawing good crowds? Yes. Hooray. I don't know what that's I'm, I'm how, did, how does that happen? Yeah, I, I, it seems like such a crapshoot. Well, I I feel like it's probably like it is with like your first baby or something. People show oh, up and then yeah. <laughs> That's why that's why publishers baby. love debut novels. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. When in New York it was like an episode of This Is Your Life. Like everybody oh, came out from different sectors and it was really cool. Um it's kind of I kept I keep saying it's like having a wedding every night, but That's you didn't invite anybody. <laughs> so you can't really remember their names and you're like, I know I love them. They're you, only but. crashers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem is you have to be so on. Yeah. It's actually the only thing I really feel super comfortable doing is talking about my book. Like mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. else feels a little bit like scary. But like what? Um well, mini conversations with strangers. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I'm so grateful. It's just, it's new territory for a writer who sits in a room and writes a book. Definitely. It, it is a little counterintuitive for writers to, for the reward to be, okay, now you get to go talk in front of a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you're getting kind of in a groove, though? Yes. Because you're doing I it can... every day. Yes. Sometimes twice a day. Sometimes three times. Three times. Today is a three a three Yeah. Yeah. Which is the most I've done. Um, but at least this is the only interview type experience today. I was listening to a podcast on the way here with two Hollywood guys and they were talking about press junkets mm-hmm. and how they feel like jerks for telling the same story for the fifth time and acting yeah. like it's a new story. Oh yeah. Yeah. But hopefully we'll be able to probe and get some different stories. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that about podcasts too, because have you it done just, other podcasts? Yeah, I did um, Other People with Brad Listy. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of Brad Listy veterans yeah, who come yes. on here. Yeah, for sure. He has a bigger studio than us. Well, it's in his garage. garage. Yeah. But I've heard it's a very nice garage. It is a very nice I mean, garage. This is a nice closet. <laughs> I'm is, not saying it's you not. You could fit a, a Vespa, closet. 
or yeah. an Israeli folding vehicle in here, <laughs> and that's about it. But no, but you could have the Vespa and nothing else. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Brad, <laughs> does Brad have a car and then you're next to it? <laughs> no, the car oh. doesn't. The car's not a car in the garage. It's huh. a couch. It's a very oh, TV it's a podcast studio. Mark Marin esque. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. nice. That's super nice. But you live in LA. Yeah, I do. So that wasn't hard, maybe. No. Although getting places in LA is hard. But he lives right in the middle in a fancy neighborhood. Oh, nice. We've heard tales of his know, fancy house. We heard a lot. <laughs> I was like shocked. <laughs> When you see that as a first-time novelist, you think, oh, so this is how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have one of these myself. Sweet. Yeah, definitely. That's, That's how it works. Yeah. Right. I think I'm here to tell you. next week. you're on your way. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've followed a, a very – you know, I, I was looking at your bio. I'm going to jump in and say rigorous. Rigorous and, and traditional sort of path mm. um, as far as all the way through academia. Yeah. To a PhD. Yeah. Could you actually tell us, we were talking before you got here. That, <gasps> let it be known, the face that accompanied that was not like the it psyched was, face. It, it was that, that uh, emoji. Like, Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. I just went until there was no more school. Yeah. Okay. I kinda, like, that's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. But we were talking before you got in that, that the idea of a PhD in writing is a fairly new concept. Yes. It's a PhD in English literature and creative writing. Mm-hmm. So you really do... I would say you get like 60% of the PhD in English literature. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird if you Mm -hmm. came from a studio MFA like I did in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Right. It was really hard. It was so hard I had to take a break to go to Provincetown. Oh, that's nice. Do nothing. I mean, not do nothing. I wrote a lot. This book, but. (laughs) But was this book part of your PhD dissertation? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Fantastic. Oh, my God. I mean, you have to write like a something else. But darling, that's not a break. I know. No. It's work. But, it, but it's what I – I didn't really want to get a PhD in literature. Oh. Did your parents tell So you consider – No, I just didn't know it was a – was... <laughs> I just didn't know until it was too late. <laughs> you just thought, wait, old. there's more school to go to. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking like, well, I don't have a book and I can't get a job at a university and waiting tables and make, I pay so much taxes oh, when I yeah, wait yeah, tables. And it does and, make sense actually when you, say yeah. it, when you say it like that. So I just was like, oh, okay, I'll just uh, see what else. And then, but are you teaching in L.A.? No, I don't even want to teach. Okay, so now it. I don't even know. But you've why taught I did a, that. you've taught a lot. I I did. But was that as part of the programs? Those were part of the programs. Some of them, I taught a lot. Um, but uh, I don't want to live anywhere I don't want to live. So okay. that's, that's bad for academia. Yeah. 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 I realize. Maybe you could teach at UCLA. That'd be nice. Yeah. UCLA. Or if you're listening. Yeah. Are you a dyed in the wool yes. LA person now? Hmm? Are you an L.A. person Because um, you're originally a North Bay kind of I know. No, you're kind of like a little bit of a traitor. Do Sorry. you know we never – I didn't go to L.A. till I was like 23 or something after college. And did, what did you think it would be like and what was it like? I thought it would be a disgusting right. place full Shallow. of silicone. Like, yeah, you drank the North Cal- the yes. no-cal Kool-Aid. We didn't even – Don't go there. No, why would we go <laughs> Those seven people. hours like, ugh. <laughs> It was Those so plastic funny. People. We have everything we need here with the wine in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went, and it was uh, sunny all the time. And yeah. It was really good art. Yeah. And there was, I don't know. It's no, kind of buzzy. It's a buzzier place, I yes, think. Yes. I have m- the most friends. I've lived all over the country, and I have the most friends in L.A. right now because I think young people are just moving there. You're not the oh, first person to come yep. into this closet and say that. <laughs> I mean, what? full full disclosure. LA freaks me out when I go okay. there. I always at first go wow, and then after about a day, I got to get out of here. But yeah, I made you know I top out. I've you know I topped out as a minor league kind of character. I yeah. can't make it there. But um, I have heard that from a lot of young people specifically. Yeah, and a lot of creative people. People, there's a lot going on in LA. Yeah, LA is the kind of place. I, you may have said this before, where San Francisco hates LA, and LA doesn't care right. about San Francisco at all. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I, know, exactly. I used an analogy I'm not going to use on air. Okay. But, <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what else we've heard from writers who are from L.A.? Is they have said, who've lived in both, have mm-hmm. said they feel more of a spirit of co- cooperation down there and support. Yeah. Which oh, well, was, people have said that. Being yeah. part of this, it sounds odd to us because yeah. we're surrounded by this big old cooperative community. Yeah. But we've heard that. I think it's because everybody's trying to do some stuff. And so everybody... I think there are definitely people who are not happy down there when you mm-hmm. succeed. But everybody's oh, yeah. trying to do stuff. That's and, his life. Yeah. And so I think everybody knows what it's like to be 
struggling and trying to figure it out. And understands what it is to be a creative person. Yes. Right? Yes. Because yes. that can be really hard in other places. Yeah. Like Houston, I could imagine saying, like, I'm a writer. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not everybody gets that. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, like, I loved the bookstore I went to in Houston and everything, but they're not the, the, the crowd was not as big. And I lived in Houston for almost mm-hmm. five years. And yeah. I think it's just... The community's smaller, even though the city's the fourth largest city in the country. It's, is that population or, or square miles? Oh, it's, it's pretty big. It's a big yeah. old place. I, you know, I actually know a lot of people who have moved there recently. Really? Because their jobs are moving them there. Yeah. Mm. Um, not like, oh, I'm going to go. But yeah. I is think, there like a Silicon Prairie or something yeah, there? Yeah, I think it's like that. <laughs> no, no, there's, seriously. Think, yeah, there yeah. is. There's Silicon everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Silicon <laughs> Beach in LA. Yeah. 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 I think it is yeah. like that. I mean, Houston has fantastic art, much better. Well, I shouldn't say that. Never mind. They um, have but, amazing art. But they have it, – it is des- definitely a destination place yes. for artists in America. Yes. Um, but you don't hear that much about writers, although I early on studied with Daniel Stern, who was a professor early at University oh. of Houston. Hmm. It, so many people have taught at Houston. Yeah. It just cycles through. But I remember when he, he was a New Yorker, and when mm. he said he was going there, everyone was like, Houston? Yeah. And then I just kept hearing about it, kept hearing about it. So I think it's a really good program. It is. It has got excellent yes. You know, yes. rep. Uh, since you're living in L.A., has your book been optioned? Um, mm. No, not yet. My I, A short story that I wrote Interesting. Is, has been optioned, and they there is a script and a star and Whoa. a director. And supposedly, pretty. they just supposedly they're shooting in October. Oh, my that, goodness. Uh, that is 8 million hurdles yes. that most everyone I know who's gotten some right. options has not gotten yeah. to yet. I think I only know two people who've gotten farther than that. Yeah. Ever. yeah. So that's yeah. that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thanks. Um it's really cool. I'm, you know, I did that thing where they were like, "Here's meaningful consultation written into the script, and you're going to have meaningful consultation on the. I'm written into the contract. You're going to have it on the the director and the. Really like, great. And then I, my I, mouth is hanging no, open. No. What? Oh no, no, no! I got a phone call that was like, "We chose the director. This is his name." And I was like, "Great. <laughs> okay. Then, this is my consultation. Yes, Thanks. Yes. Here's the script." Hope you like it. We're moving on. I was like, okay. But I was, was like a, totally happy with it. And was it a, so was it a trip to see the script though? Yes. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, How did you feel about the script when it was done? So one of the – what's the word I'm looking for? One of the par- – part of the agreement of selling it to these people was that they had the screenwriter attached and I met oh. him and oh, talked okay. to him before that happened. So I knew I liked him. That's I read good. stuff he'd written. And so I trusted him. A lot. And when I read it, I was like, I couldn't have done that. It seems like there'd be uh, less of a risk when you're adapting a short story versus a novel yes. in looking at it going, what happened to everything? You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're dealing with a compressed little story here. Yes. Maybe and it's easier. Is it easier maybe? He, he, I think he said it was easier because he, he, yeah. you're mostly just adding. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And not trying to find like the thread that's going to explain everything yeah. in this really condensed way. Yeah. Like yeah. I think – that the ensemble would be difficult to... Yes. Yeah, you'd it's, have to it's pick, sprawling. You'd have yeah. to pick a small part of the story and, and have that be the story, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I've never written a screenplay. I can't imagine what it would be like, but yeah. it would be hard. Unless it's like a TV show that goes on. Yeah. Oh, that Netflix. would be nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Hello, do that. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about it, um, it being a movie or television show is you could hear the music because can you talk a little bit about... Well, writing about music, and maybe we should talk a little bit about. We were talking about the cello the in the room. Yeah, the cello in the room <laughs> that we've been avoiding. Yes, let's 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 go there. I'll, I'll okay. let you set it up. So, uh, in all of the the press material that comes out about you and everything mm-hmm. we know about you, it's no secret you played cello. Cellist. Cellist. Uh, I said in the intro, a competitive cellist, <laughs> which we reason actually isn't inaccurate because it is very competitive. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit. Um, I guess what we're trying to kick around our heads is what came first and is it possible to pursue a career as a cellist? I don't know if you've gotten that far and simultaneously pursue one as a writer or are both tasks so all-encompassing that there's no room for the other? This is a – people keep asking me, well, when did you switch from cello to writing or – We were listening to something where they asked you that, an NPR thing, I think. I just – I never even thought about it like that in my head. I started Suzuki when I was five, and I started writing as soon as I could write. I don't know. So what they said to your parents, been. "What's she into?" They said, "Yeah, cello and writing." Yeah, um, I did. And baseball. Baseball. 
You had that on your website, the Sonoma Crushers. Oh, I worked at the baseball stadium. That's what I thought. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I, because I was around musicians all the time, I thought I knew what it was to be a musician and I thought you could be a professional musician and that I could be. And then mm-hmm. I would go towards that and then I would go to conservatory and then do all of the stuff. And then it came time to choose conservatory or college and I just knew at that point that I loved it a little bit more than I was good at it. And so mm-hmm. I knew if I went to conservatory, it would be like a life of suffering. <laughs> like all your yeah. Yeah. So you decided to give that life to your characters. Yes. And, oh, so, nice. and then I didn't even know you could be a writer till I think after college, Alex G was like, we still would hang out. And he was like, you... Yeah, that's a good blurb to have. By yeah, the way. yeah, I know. that's a really he good just blurb did to that have. Event with me in New York, so fantastic. Yeah, um, but he was like, "Oh, have you heard of MFA programs?" And this was like 2005. Oh my gosh! Mm. And I Were was that like, much of a baby." Yeah, and I was like, "I don't." More school. What are they? Yeah, I, that sounds like a <laughs> like path I can follow. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really know you could be a writer. So yeah, and go yeah. to school to be one. Yeah. Then what happened in the interim then? You went to college and you thought, okay, no conservatory, no writer. What am I majoring in? No one's asked me that. So I majored in English and music. I double Mm -hmm. majored. But when I got out, in one of the summers, I interned at the National Endowment for the Arts, like back when you could just apply and get it. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know anyone. I just did it unpaid, went into debt and was an intern there. And so after college, I worked at the NEA. Whoa, there's Um, a story in that. Yeah. It was weird. And I met some amazing people. Um, but there and was some terrible Bush years. People. Yeah. It was like, I mean, the guy that Bush appointed was weird and um, <laughs> would once and he wanted to invite the like interns to his office and like we just sat there and like listened to him talk at us. Yeah. He just wanted about, to pontificate. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It was like, and it was at the stuff. top of this building that you never, you never go into the top of this build. It was weird. But um and then I, I kept applying to arts administration jobs. I wanted yeah, to work at an opera. With- I wanted to work at a <clears throat> symphony. Can I interrupt and back up even further then? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a life, wherever you went, music, writing, mm-hmm. arts administration, there's a consistent thread here, mm-hmm. and that's arts. Yes. That's not what your average American kid gravitates mm-hmm. toward, and it's not what your average American parents encourage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you... How did you get in that frame of mind? And, and what, what do your parents do? Are, are they artists? Do, what made them encourage that? No. my Neither of my parents went to co- – they met in 1967 in San Francisco. Hippies. Yes. My mom was knocking on the doors to get, I think, the peace party on the ballot or the green party. Green party? Uh, peace, and, one no, of the parties. peace and freedom party. Oh, peace and freedom. Peace and freedom, yeah. freedom party. Yeah. yeah. And she knocked on my dad's door, and they realized they had him some mutual friends, and so they just hung out Aww. and then dropped some ass. Yeah, I'm sure my dad did. <laughs> um, but they didn't go to college. Uh, maybe a little bit of San Francisco State, I think, and then dropped out. And my mom worked in factories, and my dad was a carpenter. And so free spirits, though, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They lived on communes. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Oz, yeah. Sense. We were looking for that. Yeah, the thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're allowed to be an artist administrator, but you're yeah. like, but if like, they were hippies, you're yeah, like a PhD pursuing Weren't child. They, like, what's with this long hair music, man? Oh my god, they would hate call you calling them hippies. Every time I did that, my dad would be like, that, "That's a bad connotation. We were just people who loved liberal ideas." I was like, "Okay, but and ended up in cinema." Yeah, yeah, yeah in like this early eighties. So like, he spit them out to Sonoma yeah. County. Yeah, was funny. I was talking to my mom the other day about, um, you know, Wild Wild Country on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was like. Mm, yeah. the commune yeah, yeah. or whatever. The it was cult. the Rajneesh. The <laughs> yeah, cult. Or, yeah. or the cult as we call yeah. it here. Yeah. And she, I was like, remember, do you, did you ever know about that? And she was like, oh, yeah, some people left Oz for the, for, I had never heard about Oz. She was like, oh, yeah, people <laughs> left like, Oz wait, 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 to go to Oz? <laughs> What's Oz? Um, I think it's by Santa Maria. They lived mm. on a commune there. It still exists. Was it also sort of a religious type of thing? She said it was run by the Popsicle heiress. And I said, what Popsicle? Oh. And she said, the Popsicle heiress. Popsicle. Like, maybe popsicle is, is Popsicle, maybe it is TM. All I know is I want to write a story called The Popsicle <laughs> Heiress. She said it wasn't. It's part of the Kool-Aid acid test, but it's like adjacent yeah, to yeah. yeah. She said everybody changed their names, and there was sort of a vague Buddhist bent to it. But my mom grew up Japanese Buddhist, and she was like, it wasn't real Buddhism. No, of course not. Um, that goes without saying. Yeah. Really, but, uh, 
but there is something a little bit funny in that that sounds so free spirit and kind of loosey goosey when I hear commune. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying it is. <clears throat> no, it in was. My mind. <laughs> it was. Um, but then here you are, like Suzuki method. Right. Um, I mean, oh. I mean, studying we, cello and and classical music is a rigorous, I'll say rigorous undertaking. The only other cellist that I know uh-huh. who is, is a, a doctor, a doctor of cello. Oh. But she grew up. See. You know, Massachusetts. Yeah. Her father was a composer. Oberlin. When they call <laughs> right, on her, so when they, they call on her birthday, they sing "Happy Birthday" in three-part oh harmony. You know, so that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah. When I think of the path of a cellist. Yeah. I don't think free spirit carpenter. Yeah. So where did cellist. your drive come from? I don't know. No one. <laughs> hope, I don't think my brothers and sister are going to listen to this, but they aren't like that. Like yeah. they kind of just. Yeah. I'm whispering so no one hears Because they might be listening, but just they not closely. <laughs> They'll just skip through it. I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to be the best and do everything. I also did Japanese dance. Like, I So from the I start, you were just driven in that, that way. I wanted to be the best and do everything. Well, and that explains why you were able – and this is not an easy decision for anyone to make, to look in the mirror at age 18 and go, yeah, I'm just not – I don't have it. Moving yeah. on. It was hard. I'm sure. It was hard. And I didn't stop. It's very self-aware. Yeah, I just, uh, I think it's because when you want to be the best, when you, you realize you're not, you're not yeah. it's incredibly painful. Yes, I, I get yeah. that. Yeah, I really get that. Now, the people in the ensemble are older than an 18-year-old. Yes. Did you get that far to where you were playing in quartets and, and competing and things like that? Or was that earlier? No, that was earlier. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't compete in quartets, actually. I competed only so, solo. Mm. I always played in quartets, and I studied with quartets. I studied, um, actually, with the St. Lawrence String Quartet at Stanford. They're an amazing, amazing group. Um, and, but... That no, th- yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't ever. Com- I mean, I was a music major, but I didn't. I didn't compete like that. That would have been too much. Too so, are the stories of these intertwined lives? Are they inspired? Inspired by anyone? Any experience? Nice. Are these things where you just like let your mind run and think archetypes? Like, yeah, There's, there are archetypes. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are. The first violinist is like bossy and loud and. <laughs> Ambitious and driven. So you've had and, some experience. Yeah, there's, the, <laughs> there's the undisciplined prodigy who's kind of a flake. Yeah. So those are my favorites. Yeah. Oh yeah. That guy is actually. I know he won't listen to this, but that's based <laughs> on. Um, I played growing up with Daniel Stewart, who's now the conductor of the Santa Cruz Symphony. Oh my goodness! Um, but he was a violist, and he was definitely like prodigy level and. Um goofy and like everything came easy to him and it was infuriating and i was gonna ask what you someone as driven as you were yeah think of a prodigy i mean it's frustrating to to see that but then one of the things i look at in the book is like if you're a prodigy you don't get to make any of your choices like they kind of just are made for you what if and then what if you get to be 25 and you realize like i didn't choose this like right and what if it doesn't call to your soul yeah well i think that is not uncommon in sports yeah you know the kids who play tennis from the time they're five years old they get to 17 remember who was jennifer capriotti remember her Mm -hmm. she was a tennis player and she won some majors and all of a sudden there was a story. She was 19 years old, and she ended oh, up in a hotel right. in Florida with a bunch of drugs and a bunch oh. of undesirables. I've had it. No more. Well, I read this interesting article early on that was about how, especially classical music prodigies, but prodigies in general, like have a crisis when they get to like 21 because they've spent so much time imitating and acting in an adult world mm-hmm. and imitating At adult what emotions. Cost? Yeah, when they're unable to experience experience that neurochemically like it's just they have to and then you get to a point where you can experience adult emotions and maybe they don't measure up or maybe but also if you can't bring that emotion to music if you then the prodigy i mean there's something beyond prodigy which is artist yes like a true artist yeah to to cross that bridge or whatever the metaphor is there has to be a real emotional component but There are – I can think of a lot of examples of people who only are capable of crossing that bridge in their art. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we That's were just talking too. about Philip Roth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I always think of Ryan Adams. The musician? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Why? I had always heard – when I used to write about music, I had heard very unflattering things about oh. him. But his music was beautiful. That's so funny. I was just reading about him in the airport yesterday. I, I think he's him. matured. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to hear that people but when he change. was in his early twenties, I've. Who isn't 
right. the worst. Well, there's that too. And I was going to get on stage in a way. I was going to get to that point too. Yeah. People who achieve success at a really young age too yeah. are faced with some pretty extraordinary challenges. Yes. Yeah. And I think especially when that success, when you have, when you experience success with other people and then it's like a marriage, like you have to grow together. But not only in this group do you have to go to grow together, you have to, like, continue to make music together. You have to continue to earn money together. You have to – like – How does it ever work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because – and you think about all the partners that then get drawn in, the families that get drawn yeah. in. Yeah. Super complicated. Yeah. It's kind of weird to me that there aren't, like, more more – Books and movies about you know why there's not. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) because drop it on. Here you go, guys. It's really hard to write about music well, Mm. and it's it's a it's a world that people don't know. And what you're able to do is you know that world well, Mm -hmm. and you're able to bring it in a way so that the reader feels they do too, Mm -hmm. instead of feeling dumb or feeling like oh I don't get it. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. There's a balance that you achieve in the ensemble where. We're getting information that we don't have and could exactly. not possibly have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think could be written by someone who doesn't have that information. Mm-hmm. But you're not talking down to us or doing it in such an arcane way that we lose interest. Because we've all read historical novels like that, right? Like, right. Where, it's, you know, it's the story of Mozart, or whatever. And they're kind of feeding you information the whole time. And it feels like you're being yeah. fed information and yeah. it's stilted and terrible. And you're able to bring a completely realized world to people so that you inhabit it as a reader. It's really thrilling as a reader. Thank you. I think the thing about research is that you have to do it and then forget it and then write. Somehow, yeah. But because I didn't, the research was like lived experience. I already had done that process. And so I guess, and I had studied writing. So I wasn't like, you know, like a neuroscientist trying to write a novel and like mm-hmm. trying to do this you know i had done both so i guess that is you I know mean, i wish i had a better like answer to the question like how did you write about music within a way that's not alienating and i'm, I'm so glad, glad glad that people feel that way but i i really just like wrote a mo- book about people that mm-hmm. happened to be musicians right. and then added the music stuff when mm-hmm. i felt it made the well, I better. felt like it came across that way that this is it, – it's a very deep character study of four people, but the milieu is obviously this is what she knows about. It's music, which makes me want to ask a question that I didn't want to ask yet, but this is the novel of your life. You have <laughs> had your whole life to write it. <laughs> yeah. Do, is have you Have you exhausted that subject area? Or, music? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because this book is like so expensive. It's, it's 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 it takes it's a life. You're right. It's I wanted to write a story of a whole life, and it's 20 years and four people and right. It's big. Yeah, it's big. And so the next one that I want to do is much much smaller and in a world that I don't know. Yeah. Um. So the short story that I op- got optioned was um I guess you call it like speculative fiction. Or literary science fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm trying to I see. Like I mean, I don't know if my editor will be like, what? <laughs> but um, that's sort of what I'm playing around with for the next Oh, that sounds book. super fun. Yeah, it's really it's really fun. And that requires a lot of research. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure. trying to. Since you brought up uh, short stories mm-hmm. and you've had a lot of short stories published, I was curious about making that transition and the challenges mm-hmm. of going from a short story writer to a novelist plotting, you know, making, arcing, and just, I'm yeah. asking for a friend here, <clears throat> not me. But. Oh, I, I mean, I tried not to write a novel for so long. I've like, had no trouble not writing <laughs> a novel. Larry's <laughs> mastered that. He's a PhD in not doing that. <laughs> well, I, when you go and get go to all these schools, they're always like, where's your novel? Oh, where's yeah. your novel? And yeah. I'd be like, um, I, and then I would always propose this novel, but it would be like a fake proposal where I'm not gonna, really going to write this novel. Oh, got it. And finally, when I got to Provincetown, I was like, I have to write. I told them I would do it. Okay, that's and my like, question. So you applied with a novel to Provincetown. That was my very next question. No, I didn't okay. have anything. Oh, I applied nothing. with a short story. Oh, okay. Um, but when I got there, I was like, I'm not just going to sit here for eight yeah. months and write. Like, i got to write something that takes eight months. And so yeah. I decided to write it. Like, it, in my mind, when I was starting it, these little bits, little sections were short stories. Like mm-hmm. that that's would, probably good. I can sense yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of why there's these big gaps in time mm-hmm. between the sections. 
I just didn't write the stuff I didn't want to write, which is like what terrifies me about a novel. But that is so smart. That's the smartest thing you can do as a novelist. That's kind of, I mean, it took me forever to realize I didn't have to have people in cars like going oh, places yeah. and all that stuff. I'm yeah. not a novelist. I'm a nonfiction writer, but I still put people in cars. Like yeah. I don't know why I didn't understand. You could just stop and start. Yes. And so brilliant. Yeah. So problem solved. Yeah. I just pretended that I wasn't writing a novel. Oh, that's very did you, smart. I did like you that. outline it or anything? <sighs> did I outline it? Yeah, but not in any, like, formal way. Like, Scrivener didn't exist when I was... Well, maybe it did. Do you use it now? I downloaded it, and I get overwhelmed. <laughs> I can't. I'm just so out. used to my me, way. Same, same with me. I have my, like, thing, and I want to do I've, that. I've yeah. circled it for a year now. Yeah. I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should try yeah. this. I mean, I but hear it, people really... People saying... around... Some people around here just swear by it. Yeah. We, yeah. I don't know. Do you... Do, this is a crazy question. I did not have an MFA. In <clears throat> MFA programs, do they do they talk about stuff like this like scrivener or like what what, what how to have a process how to how to do shit no that was what i learned at provincetown oh so because did. you're with artists right and, and they artists have so much they have process tons tons, tons mm-hmm. yeah. they just go in the studio and then they just they have a th- rituals they don't if you don't paint something that day you're not it's not like you're not doing art right. I learned so much. They'll give these talks about what they're... Um, also, most artists now is. have a... I mean, actually, artists always have a real technological side to yeah. their art, whether it's mixing paint yes. or yeah, yeah. casting a sculpture yes. or whatever it is. Doing studies right. that don't end up in the final product. Right. Like, I learned so much from them about how to care about what you were doing on, in the room. I love that. Yeah. So it's really a career of on-the-job training for you because you didn't think of being a writer till you were already done with school. You yeah. went into that MFA program, and, and you said, I think you said earlier, it was a real workshop-heavy program. Yes. Yeah. And then you come out of that, and you go to prompt. Oh, okay, now let's talk about process. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, they don't talk about that enough in MFA. I think, I, th- I think it's really – it's funny because I just finished teaching a week-long class where I did talk about process, mm-hmm. but I don't have an MFA. I've never really um, formally studied writing that way. Yeah. And – I feel like that's the part that people were really into. Yeah. And now I realize that might be why. They talk about craft. Right. I did both. I, ta- I did yeah. both. Because I, it took me so long to figure out my process. Well, that model, the workshop model, it's that Iowa model where the whole thing's like you go, you write your thing, you rip each rip other's stuff yes. apart, pieces, then yeah. you go drink. Yes. Yeah. And at the end, you're this little tribe of writers. But yeah, yeah there's, there's – and one thing we try to do on this podcast is kind of – Pull back the curtain and mm. say, "Well, how many words a day do you write? Where do you write? You know, what do oh. you do? Do you do it the exact same time every day? You know, oh where do you go?" God. So yeah, Are you asking me. Let's get there. <laughs> Kirsten Chen changed my a, life. That was a clumsy what, segue. Why would she say she writes a thousand words a day? I know. Okay, look, note scream face. <laughs> I, scream face. <laughs> I know that's what I did. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" But she's but she had this great attitude about it. First of all, she does yoga first. Okay. So she does yoga every morning okay. and then she writes a thousand words and she goes, but I can just pound out a thousand words and my whole day is open to me then. Does she have children? No. Okay. No. Do you have children? No. Okay. Yeah. But I think about it <laughs> I constantly. Do. Okay. Um, and that, that would not work for me, but I just made it 500. keeps coming up. Well, because I'm Writing with really, children. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't you think it's hard? <laughs> I hope you guys ask every male guy novelist. We, we, we ask I mean, Larry was, he primary was, he was the primary caregiver. Yeah. And do you think it impacted your writing? It definitely Among did. other things, but sure, yeah, because you always prioritize, obviously. I can always write, yeah. but my kid needs me to go bring cupcakes to school right now. <laughs> yeah. so right, and then you're do doing that. something, and it's virtuous. That's, what, that's, yeah. the, that's the trick, what did I, I think. With... What did I spend today doing instead of preparing for this podcast? <laughs> his kid's 21. My, and he's trapped in Texas right now because he wrecked his car, and I'm trying to get him home. Do you have so, a 21-year-old? Yes. Well, he's 21 in August. Mine is 20. Thank you. Mine's 20 in a week, and I just had to fly to Orange County and drive him back. The grotto pot is actually a hyperbaric chamber. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. I'm so glad to hear this. You don't age while you're here. But they still keep needing you. And and whenever I think, okay, I've got them over the hump, and now I can just concentrate on my own stuff, I remember that my mother is 90, and I still call her, and I'm like, (laughs) But there really is no way you can prioritize this over... Yeah. I mean, unless you're... But having a thousand words a day, I mean, that sounds impossible, and it's crazy, um, but she does it and she does it in a way that's lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that's the part that I took, not the, necessarily the number, but yeah. just don't be so yeah, She doesn't seem yeah. to be ripping her guts out every not day. Not at all. No. Now you can talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now you, we're done talking. Now. <laughs> um, I definitely don't do a thing every day. Like I don't do, I don't put any numbers or metrics on it. Um, when I write, I write really fast. Um, that's smart. Like a lot. I went to France and wrote like 
half a novel um, That's in a hilarious. month for like if I if it's what I'm doing and I'm focused I can do it. Um, it's a, like a binge maybe, writer. Yeah, I'm like a binge writer. But um, um, what was the what were the other questions? Oh, like how do Process. I? Yeah, what like, do you do? And actually, I'm going to piggyback off that and ask about any crossover between stuff you learn from music that you yeah. can apply to writing. Mm. Like scales. I mean, that seems yeah. like a daily practice that kind of like sketching. Yeah. I really don't – I the, the only thing really that I do when I am stuck or don't know what to do is read. Um, I read okay. a lot, um, and I read what I want to write. And so that I spend a lot, a lot of time doing that. Um, but I often write alone at night. It's helpful if nobody's awake, mm-hmm. if I don't feel like anything is happening. So it's like really late at night or at a residency. Um, but in terms of like musical, bring music into the writing, I do them because they're different. Like I like them because they're different. Mm-hmm. Like it does seem helpful. Like in, in, in music, you, I know exactly what to do. Like scales, arpeggios, practice this, practice this until you stop screwing it up. Mm-hmm. In writing, I sit down and I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have like, okay, you're going to write this scene that today and you're going to do that. But that's as really as structured as it gets. And I kind of like that. Otherwise, do you I listen to music like, while you're writing? I was going to ask that. I've ne- we've never asked <laughs> I anyone know, I just that. that. Really? Yeah. I am curious about everybody's Me too. Yeah. Me too. Now I am too. Yeah. Yeah. Although I've read a couple novels and they're usually like fanboy novels where they write what they listen to while they I were. Like I love seeing really? this list. Where people yeah. say like what, their, what their playlist was while yeah. they were oh. working on a book. That would be oh. interesting about the ensemble. I mean, I listened to all of these pieces yeah, obsessively. Sense, talk about them, but I didn't listen yeah. to them while I was writing because I I ended up yeah. just tuning everything yeah. out. So it's more work. The only thing I can listen to while I'm writing is Keith Jarrett's version of Handle Keyboard Suites. That's pretty specific. Don't wow. you get bored with it? I think it's because I've been listening to it since I was a kid, and I think I've memorized them. And they're so it's just very simple, and it's uh-huh. just piano, uh-huh. and um, and it is. Almost like a background wash. I don't have to pay attention. It's ambient. Yes, it's almost like white noise. So when you do have kids, they'll know when not to knock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, mom's writing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I. Do you listen to music? I can't anymore. I used to. Yeah. But I, I can't. I get too I, ADD. I yeah. had, I've, I've changed what I'm working on. I had started the year working on something else. Not this year. Long story. Anyway, um, and I think it was Josh Moore was talking about music. Oh, I love him. I know. He's great. And I realized I was writing about 18th century painting, which mm-hmm. can – I started I, – I find I start to drift into this way of being very, like, corsety and yeah. just talking in a weird way. <laughs> well, yeah. Or like writing corsety. in a weird way. Yeah. You know, and, like, with classical music. Well, because I think when you're writing, you have to be porous. You yeah, have to be exactly. Open. And if, you have to be careful about what you let in. So that I, was an awesome line. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> you have to be porous. You have to be careful what you fantastic. let in. Yeah. So I started listening to a lot of old Semi-porous. punk rock and like n- not even punk rock, like Velvet Underground, just things that were the opposite of what 18th century music, art, fashion would be. So mm-hmm. that I, I, there would just be this little bit of disjunction in yeah. what I was writing about and the mood I was sort of in, but it is hard not to start following the lyrics or following the yeah I can't do the it music unless so, like words no yeah. way writing for hire I can listen to music mm. non creative stuff yeah. yeah but the other stuff no I got to be thinking about it yes especially because I wanted to pay attention to the music of the words uh, which yeah, is your point. writing is very yeah. lyrical thanks and I'm wondering if that's osmosis from the music sure mm-hmm. yeah you know. In my dissertation defense, someone who shall go nameless was like, there's a lot of long sentences. <laughs> like, why? She was kind of annoyed um, on my defense uh, committee. And I, I didn't realize until then, like, oh, the, there are long sentences. And the long sentences tend to happen at an emotional climax. And I think it's because these characters, like, are musicians and they lose rhythm when they don't have when they when they become emotional they they the sort of music of what they're trying to say gets away from them and that's t- hard for them and that's and mm. and so i think it did affect how i wrote this in a way what i that i wasn't conscious of when i was writing it which is probably the best yeah me. because yeah. i would find it very tempting as a writer 
to use some kind of musical structure to structure my book? Oh, I, I tried. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I tried to write it in sonata form. Exactly. I wrote 100 oh, pages in sonata form. No one knows what sonata form No one cares. I wouldn't know what sonata form is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's like trying to write I would definitely a book, that. in a novel in like um, formal poetry. Like, why? Like, right. no. Right. It's, a, it's a little show-offy, a little gimmick. Yes. You know? And but it's, it's the kind that of, way. But the, yeah. But the you know, when you're like testing about for structure, it's like, oh, yes. I, I can just do it like this. It'll be exactly. four voices and chorus of blah, blah, blah. The, now, towards the end of this tour, what I'm realizing is I was scared of writing a novel. And I wasn't I, – I wanted to Which is just, what I was trying to get at <laughs> when I asked about short stories. Yeah. I just wanted to hang it on something and be mm-hmm. like, this is – but – it turns out writing a novel when you get in the right – when you find the right structure is like so fun to live with yes. characters. Well, when you find the right structure for anything in writing, yeah. it's such a thrill. Yes. Because well, then you're free to sort of get into the story and explore yeah. and just keep and going. Yeah, just start to click into place in a way that's really ja- – like I get all mm-hmm. jazzed and yeah. excited. Yeah, and it sounds sort of goofy and, and metaphysical and stuff. But when you are yeah. going and they do kind of start doing stuff you hadn't planned for them to do – uh-huh. It's yeah. kind of cool. Like, oh, wow, that ended up there. Cool. Yeah. It now is what? Cool. I tried to do – I tried all kinds of weird formal stuff. I tried to write it all in one weekend, like one concert, which like – because I love oh, – like, like Ian Bel Canto or something? Yeah. yeah. Or like Ian McEwan's Saturday was mm-hmm. a novel I loved and I was like, ah, I want to write a novel that takes place in two days. You know what? I can really understand <laughs> that I though. I can too. I think there's something to that. I was asking for myself earlier because I was trained as a short story writer. Now I'm trying to write a novel. And it is very tempting to think, well, if I can just do, you know, if I can follow this structure, yeah. I'll just hang the words on there. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it'll be a novel. Mm-hmm. Or if I can, here's, I'll just write it in, in a weekend. It'll just mm-hmm. go, you know. And then, and it's, it is very tempting. Otherwise, it's just, it's sprawling. So it's just going to go. Yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine holding that much narrative for me. Like, that's, I cannot imagine. Yeah. I, it caught really, that's why revising a novel sucks, I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> I literally cannot imagine getting notes back on a novel. Yeah. Like, oh, it's really awful. <laughs> I feel like you did yourself a favor as a first-time novelist, though, by allowing it to take place over 18 years. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I because people can change. Mm. Oh, Yeah. And you can – I would feel like if I were doing – using that structure – in fact, I've been going the opposite. Like everything I've written, now i got to com- compress it some more. You mm-hmm. know, It used to be a month. Now it's a week. But each thing would seem more – it would be easier to write as separate incidents. Yes. What you were talking about earlier, like that same thing. Like, mm-hmm. well, now they got to get in the car and drive to the next place. Yeah. Like, well, they don't oh, no, it's five years later. Right. Yeah. In and out. But how do you make the transition? I don't know. So Antonia Nelson told me – in the beginning, she was like, she hadn't read this yet. And she was like, just, everyone wants to do a really complicated first novel. Like, mm-hmm. you're just writing, everyone in this room is writing first novels for the first time. Just write the easiest thing possible. And at this time, point, I had already, fin- like, finished a draft or was, like, in the middle of a draft. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, ah! shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have four characters. It's all of their points of view. Close third. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. 20, 18, 18 years. 20, I was like. Ambitious. Oh, no. What did I do? That's um, great advice, though. I is. tell myself that. Every single day when I sit down with the book, like how stupid, like how simple can I make it? Yes. How can I make this the simplest thing in the world? Oh my God, that's a really good thing. Like have a sticky note like on your stupid. desk. Stupid. Yeah. I really do try to do that because it's so yeah. easy for me, maybe for everyone to just start spinning out with this crazy nutsy stuff. Well, to distract you from yeah. like actually writing. Right. And like get all. Yeah. Ooh, and there is a sense, and it's funny that you would bring it up because I feel like your novel is something that will be treated as high fiction, mm-hmm. you know, literary oh, sure. fiction. There is the sense when you sit down that it's got to be, you know, it's got to be literate fiction. You know, what if, God forbid, it turns out to be a genre novel? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. no. That's why I'm glad to hear you're going to go sci-fi. Kind of <laughs> I'm guessing. It I is. Know. I don't know for sure. But if you're trained as a writer yeah. from a young age, yeah. you're generally you not, you don't want to grow up to be Stephen King. Yeah. No offense, Steve. You've made a billion dollars. We have the same kind of dog, but. <laughs> but I think maybe when you're like. I don't know. I guess I would like Stephen King bucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, you know what? He's a really good writer. And Gets that into came New Yorker. from writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. The New Yorker. Yeah. That's my dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I lost our... I don't know. We were just rambling. We've been doing quite a bit of that. No. Um, That's what we do. That's what we do best, Larry. <laughs> we were talking about simplifying... Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Simplifying the Nelson, idea. I want to hear about that a little bit. Oh yeah, she was the she directed my thesis dissertation wow. committee. She's so good. That's oh, I mean, she's an amazing writer. Yeah, her short stories are wonderful. 
um, she taught me a lot about writing a novel. She was the one who read this early draft and said, like, um, you know, she was the one who said, I wrote this draft sort of unconsciously or semi-consciously. And she was the one who was like, oh, it's interesting that they have to make music and a career together. And it's, like, weird that I didn't articulate that to myself until after I'd written the first draft. But, and she was the one who was like, it's like a marriage. and A four. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh. She taught me just so much. So, yeah, she's wonderful. How did it become a book? Oh, sorry. I was going to ask, so is, is it a domestic novel then? What's a domestic novel? A novel about married people. Yeah. People making a life together. Yeah. I... I I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it kind of is. That's your genre. That's, <laughs> I love um, like Alice McDermott. After oh, this is God. like yeah. we're talking, about, or like Zadie Smith on Beauty, which is yeah. like Howard's End. But like the, that's that's domestic fiction. Like I love that stuff. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Okay, what were you going to ask? Oh, I'm just wondering. I mean, so you wrote it as your dissertation. Now it's your debut novel. Yeah. How did how, how did that bridge happen? From dissertation to and, and agent, mm. publisher, novel, here you are yeah. in the sweltering grotto pod. And to add to that, you, you had some bona fides by the time that novel was done yeah. already. Yeah. Um, well, I got an agent when I went to Sewanee mm-hmm. um, when I didn't have a novel. And then I stayed with them for a couple years, and I don't think that they liked my novel that much. Mm-hmm. And... That was I fine. That yeah. yeah. And so I had to make this really difficult decision of leaving them and no. to like believe in your own work more than, and this agent was like a big agent yeah. and to, that was hard. That was like probably like a definitive moment for my did writing you, career. I, this is maybe too much to reveal, but did you go somewhere else first and then, did you have another boyfriend and then, mm. and then, or did you, were you like screwing around <laughs> a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then you um, broke up, or did you just be like, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm going to break up first, and then hope I meet somebody? I'm not going to say there was no overlap. Right. There was some overlap. Yeah, so you were And it wasn't like I had, you know, right, got it. married No, you saw the that person, guy, and you're then, like, okay. Yes. Am I like? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's completely noble, but yeah. that is really scary, really scary. Yeah. It's, it was, I had never believed in myself that much. And I was out of the program. And so I did that. And then I, f- I found this young agent who actually lives in San Francisco now. And she's young and and had had wasn't, you know, super, super established. Hungry. Hungry. Yeah. And that has been my experience with all agents so far for me have been – that's been – and the editors have been, like, young and hungry. And that's what was good for me. That's It's the best. Yeah. People who are scared of their agents – or are afraid of their or are scared of their agents or don't like their agents. Yeah. That's a terrible, terrible place I to be. I was terrified of that other agent. I know so many people mm. are. So many people yeah. are afraid of their agents and are afraid to bother them, afraid to I think that would be soul killing. Yeah. But that is a defining move though. Yeah. To be a young writer. Oh yeah. Unpublished. Yeah. I mean no novel. Yeah. And just to say, well I mean it, the I urge to just so stick good. around and hope. It changed like everything, because I had to start talking and thinking about this book as a book that I knew was good enough to be a book, and yeah, and I think, I think, I think the probably the problem was the other agent too was like more high literary, mm-hmm. and this was has uh, I mean it's like all all over Instagram like That's that so great. agent I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. knows what Instagram is yeah. so yeah yeah. That stuff is huge, man. Yeah, you know, you kind of got to Also, if you get the right publisher, fields. I feel like my publisher was so – they are so smart in how they present it and the places they get it into. Who's your you publisher? Would, Chronicle. Oh, okay. And, like, a lot of my book sales are not in bookstores. Yeah. That would never occur yeah. to me. <laughs> but they're very mm. smart and savvy about that. Oh, my God. And not just that, but they have it so that, like, literally in the grocery store, it's, like, facing out on a – Yeah. I mean, things that – Yeah. The right fit can just be so transformational. I mean, landing at Riverhead is yeah, a dream. They're so good. Oh my god, so good. They know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I love your cover. So, also. Thanks. A lot of people don't love their covers. It's nice to love. Yeah. Your did you get to consult on your cover? Yeah. More so you than did? on your script. Oh. I wouldn't say I would, no one was like, it's not good unless <laughs> you say it's good. No yeah. one, you know. <laughs> but um, there were there were some other versions that we had some discussion about. Mm-hmm. But once we landed on this, it was pretty clear. Everybody, like, this is very different from what came before, and then everybody knew. 
That's good. Uh, we're getting to the point where we're starting to wind things down, but I wanted to ask you, um, are you still doing short stories? Um, yes. I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Um, that might be, I don't want to say that's like an exercise, but it's so nice yeah. after a novel to write something that can contain itself mm-hmm. in a weekend. Start and finish something. Yes. Or, you know, that is so, it's easier to revise. Like they're just like drinking water. Um, I love them. I love reading them. Lauren Groff's upcoming mm-hmm. collection. If you love short stories, yeah. you have to read Can it. Can I ask you this? How long? I'll ask no. both of you this. Um, <laughs> ignore him. That's what I do. Most people do. Um, how long when you're writing a short story, like your first draft, how long is that? Pages. Oh, good question. How many pages? Or words. I mean, I just have a sense, like, I have a sense of that. Like you say, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to, like, whip through a first draft. I have a sense of what the story is. I go about somewhere between, like, I'm all over the map, but if I can get to, like, 3,000 words, that's, like, 10 pages, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That to me seems like a long story. I wrote one that was 6,000. That's too long. In terms of getting it published. And it's too long. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how many pages is 6,000? 20. Okay, yeah. But I used to have trouble. I'd read books of short stories because I love books of short stories. I'm like, oh my God, all these stories are 15 pages long. Like, this one's a thousand. Mine's a thousand words. What am I supposed to do? I like both. I like them. I like long stories. Well, I think there's more. Published separately as standalone. The world's more accepting of different lengths now. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. flash fiction, which is like 100 words and stuff. Yeah. And of course, the six-word story. <laughs> those, are, those are probably harder than you think. Yes, I think fifteen is a sweet spot. I wrote fifteen hundred. Fifteen, 15, 15 pages. pages. Yeah. yeah, I think I wrote a short story that was that ended up being fifty pages, and mm-hmm. then that's the one that my agent was like, "This is a novel." I've, I've got some news for you. Yeah. Oh. So I. That's actually what I'm trying to turn into. Oh. Do yeah. you have any Fun. plans to do a collection of short stories? You got enough stuff sitting around? I have enough stuff, but I don't know if they're, like, bound by anything, mm. you know, except that I wrote them. So I, I have know, to people, figure that they out. They really like there to be some kind of through line. They really do. And, like, I like to, too. When I'm I know. Totally. Me, I like too. to know the world that I'm in. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Where, um, say you have a 15-page short story, mm-hmm. what places do you look to place it? Mm. Um... Well, I worked at Gulf Coast for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think they put together a beautiful issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes for Virginia Quarterly Review. The first place mm-hmm. that ever published me was New England Review, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really love the New Ohio Review. I think oh, they're I don't doing know that. Really cutting edge stuff. I'll have to look at that. that. From, that no, that's not from Kenyon. The Kenyon Review yeah. from Kenyon. A Kenyon Review also is, yeah, I mean, really I've always wanted to be in the Southern Review and I've yes. never gotten in. One day I will, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, Southern Review is fantastic. You got in Glimmer Train, right? Yeah, I've been in Glimmer Train a couple times. I'm like, R- that's R- hard. Right? Mm-hmm. They're shutting oh, down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They've been around a while. I remember yeah. I remember so well when they first started and it just yeah. seemed amazing yeah. that this new magazine was coming out. And now <laughs> it's so long later. <laughs> I know. It's they had a good run. I'm old, yeah. No, just stay in the grotto pod. We'll stop aging. <laughs> yeah. Plus we'll also Seriously. die. Isn't yeah. it so hot? It's yeah. pretty hot, which of course means steamy. we've come to the end know, of our hour. Say, just indulge us and say, oh, my God, I can't believe that's an hour already. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe it's yes. an hour already? Yeah. We're so good. Look at her. She takes an hour out of her day, spends it with cool. us, and it flies by. <laughs> it really did, though. Despite the oppressive heat. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty hot. Um, so, Asia, tell us um, where you're going to be. I'm trying to see in my head when mm-hmm. this is coming out, probably two weeks from today mm-hmm. or two weeks from yesterday. Uh, so that would be early June. Do you have mm-hmm. any dates, West Coast dates in mid-June? Um, or any dates. I'm doing Studio yeah. City Library June 30th with a live quartet. It's oh, fun. wow, cool. My, yeah, it's on my website, but that's not on me. Um, and then I'm doing Santa Cruz with Chloe Benjamin oh, July fun. 11th and Healdsburg July 12th. Okay, so people will oh, be you're all around. And if they wanted to find those dates on your website, where would they go? Oh, uh, www.asiagable.com. That's A J A G A B E. Well said. You on the uh, social media outlets there? All of them, unfortunately. <laughs> I followed Asia today. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, and what is your handle? My Twitter is Asia Maybe. Just in case you're not sure it's you? I just felt ambivalent. Funny. <laughs> I just felt ambivalent. <laughs> and then Instagram is Asia Gable. Bridget? 
Hey, Larry, you can find me at BeQuintrest uh, because Bridget Quinn is an irritatingly common, for some reason, name mm. um, on Instagram or Twitter or BridgetQuinnAuthor.com. Mm. As for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at that Larry Rosen. I am so far from being able to have a www.larryrosen.com. <laughs> There's actually three Larry Rosen writers. I know. Once oh I Googled my, my wife and I Googled images and a picture came up with this guy with my name who looked like a real middle-aged Jewish guy, like with the beard and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, as far as the Grotto Pod goes, uh, you can find us on Twitter at The Grotto Pod. You can email us at grottopod at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a website, grottopod.com. Yeah, look at that. Hey, uh, Larry, I would like to thank our producers, Beth Weingartner, Lee Kravitz, and Lori Ann Doyle, and also Sugartown for our awesome tunes. And our partners, SF Public Library. We just completed our blockbuster first appearance. With Vanessa Waugh, who you are Ooh. appearing with tonight yes. at Green Apple Books. A.K.A. The Common Thread. Yes. Uh, and also Babylon Salon. San Francisco's premier literary series. Indeed. Uh, let me give you a little reminder to get out there. Subscribe. Oh, dude. Subscribe. Rate. Tell a friend. Yeah. Rate. All those good things. That's Listen. all I have to say. Here's what I have to say. You guys, read, write, and just keep working. 